All right, well, welcome back. You're listening to episode seven of Double Hot Beat, a bi-weekly podcast taking the pulse of beer in the brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer novice, and I like the taste of beer. Now, this is our seventh episode. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, home brewer and college roommate and also fraternity brother to mine, Jack Lampson. Welcome, Jack. Hey, thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Very much anticipated. Looking forward to it. <laughs> so, Jack, home brewer, tell us how long you've been a home brewer for. So, let's see, James, you and I lived together sophomore year of college, uh, mm-hmm. and then it was senior year that I got into brewing, and it was funny. It was actually on the first day that we moved into our senior year house. I hadn't even gotten all my stuff out of the car yet, and Mike Brandman said, I got a beer kit. You want to do it? And I just kind of like, I stopped unloading. I just kind of like stopped my life. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's do this. And I, God, I don't even remember what we made. I know that it was not great, but it was drinkable because we were 21 years old and in college. So it worked, but, uh, you know, it, and I've sort of never took my foot off the gas pedal after that. And I think if I recall, I believe it was a very dark beer. Like, I feel like it was like a porter or something like that. Because I just remember at that house, the first time I stepped through the door, you threw the pint glass in my face and said, hey, I just got a kit. Try this. What do you think? And I'm like, um, and I took a sip and I was like, ah, and you just laughed. We were 21 and, you know, we were still drinking Natty Lights. Yeah. And- and oh, uh, God, yeah. had signs outside your house for people to honk at you. And they oh, God. Oh, don't even get me started on honking me drink. <laughs> Man, imagine if like people now with like craft beer was like, if you like craft beer, honk your horn. Oh, my God. No one would get any sleep. No. And you'd play for you'd play honk and drink, which is uh, for those who don't know who are listening. When we sit in our front yard, we lived at the corner of a, a major intersection. And so people would come by and we had signs posted that said, you honk, we drink. But we did it with Keystone Light and Natty Light. If we, if we did it with... Lord, even a Sierra Nevada, God forbid, some double IPA. We oh would, my we'd God. Last about, be done. We'd last about 10 minutes. People would be honking. You'd be nowhere to be seen. It would be empty chair, right? My funniest, like, as we're hearkening back to college memories, though, one of my favorite craft beer memories is when we started, and James, it was the year that you and I lived together, the first time we did it, was the Oktoberfest. Yep. Oh, yes, where you brought your own, um, and whoever brought the best beer. Everybody Once. brought their own six packs, and there were a few of us, uh, you know, in the group. I think there were eight of us in the room, plus a couple of others who came and joined. I think Adam Hebert was there, and uh, a couple of other guys. But we said, you know, like, uh, you know, not not trying to exclude anybody or anything, but we said, well, this is just going to be a boys' night. And I'll never forget, because Shannon came over with you. <laughs> I did. And, I did. You, and you said, Shannon, you can hang out, but you got to go, you got to sit in the bedroom with the door closed. Yeah, that was rude. <laughs> you didn't drink beer, you know? It, you, you gave that I, look, you know, the like, I, you're dead to me look, like, what are you going to do kind of a look? Yeah. I think I ended up leaving and coming back later. And I was there towards, like, the end. I got a sip of, like, one beer. And then I was. And that was also the same night that James spoke the Constitution. Oh. That was true. I think I missed that, that part. That was true. He was, he was laying some uh, a Bill of Rights on us. And he looked at us and he said, I speak the Constitution. I know. That was because I I had brought the 21st Amendment beer and everyone's like, what is this? And Minnesota, our roommate from Minnesota, uh, shout out to Nick over there, 
uh, he was like, what is this 21st Amendment? Like, what are you bringing to this, like, six-pack thing? Like, you're bringing cans to a six-pack. Like, what is this? And the beer that won that year was the uh, Brooklyn Brewing Post Road Pumpkin Ale. That was probably the only pumpkin ale I actually enjoyed. And a lot of times with pumpkin beers, they tend to be overspiced. Totally. Like, they put so much cinnamon and so much, like, nutmeg and, like, spice in it that it just overpowers the natural flavors of the pumpkin. Hell, you get some of them. They do a cinnamon rim on them. Man, do you you want the cinnamon rim or not? The number one question Shannon gets during October. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do not. I'm the only person that says yes, please. Hey, you know what? To each their own. It's uh, it's been fun, and it's been uh, it's been fun watching you guys do this and uh, watching you guys homebrew too. Pretty cool. So yeah, back on the homebrewing side. So Jack, I remember you uh, made. Did you make that kegerator that you had out of the the fridge for your first couple batches you had? Yeah, we uh, we got the. Let's see, we got the. Uh, it was actually funny. The most complicated part of that entire process of making that kegerator in a uh, top and bottom refrigerator, freezer up top, I think an old Frigidaire, I think is what it is, which is still running, by the way, and we bought it oh, wow. used, bought it used for 100 bucks uh, in Hamden, and uh, uh, my wife, now wife, had gotten me a kegerator conversion kit. The hardest problem that we had was finding a, uh, a hole saw drill bit. So that we could drill through the metal to get the shank through to put the tap on. That was the biggest problem that we had. And, you know, we were college kids, so none of us had money to go out and drop, you know, 50 bucks on a, you know, a a set of hole saw bits. So we were like, well, you know, that that refrigerator sat there and just held Bud Lights for a couple months while we got it ready to go. And so naturally, you had to MacGyver it, right? Oh, you bet we did. It uh, <laughs> it, it started out with like a screwdriver, almost like a a, a, ch- a chisel, like a hammer and a screwdriver, like just banging the crap out of it <laughs> through the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, we did get the pieces we needed via uh, uh, a Durgan father visit. Uh, he was able to provide <laughs> us with the tools that we needed, and we. Uh, Got it hooked up, and I, I still have the picture. I'll send it to you guys if you want to. Perfect. Yeah, we'll put that on there. Yeah, and because uh, it's uh, it's a great picture of just the first beer, and granted, it's a, I think it's a Keystone. It's a Keystone keg coming out of it, yep. but it's still cool to have beer on tap when you're a college kid. It was very cool. I remember we went to Nick had his birthday party, and we came over, and I was so amazed by the fact that this average-sized fridge had a tap coming out of the front of it. And it's still in my garage to this day, except now it's got two taps in it because I am not a poor college student and I bought myself a whole (laughs) drill set. And uh, now it's serving almost exclusively homebrew. Wow. That's awesome. And I'm sure the first thing Durgan's dad said was, why didn't you use a 1-8th, 16th bit to uh, get that in there? It would have been done in like two minutes. Yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Because for that senior year uh, party, he built us an electrical grid. Like, he set up a breaker in the backyard so that we could run basically a stereo. That's awesome. I, th- I do think I remember that sound system on that night, and we couldn't hear a damn thing other than the music. But uh... It was just a couple of speakers, but damn if we didn't have an entire socket set up for it. Uh, so, Jack, before we get into our main topic for the week, I wanted to let the listeners know about... Um, you and your wife are expecting a baby, which is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, but the cheers, reason, man. yeah, cheers. cheers. 
The reason I bring that up is because both your pregnancy announcement and the gender reveal were beer related. So I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about that and how you guys thought of it and also how you made the gender reveal happen in terms of what color the beer was. So we did uh, for the announcement, we actually, I had been brewing that day that we were talking about doing it. And uh, so after we got done, I'd cleaned my kettle and everything. I've got a uh, SS Brewtech 20 gallon kettle um, that I use on a propane burner. And so I had cleaned it out and everything. And then I decided, oh, let's just get it dirty again. And I put it up on top of the burner and I put my igloo cooler that I use for a mash ton up on the side. Um, and I actually got a stepladder out and I had my wife stand inside it. Uh, and I took my mash paddle and I put it over my shoulder and she held the spoon that we used to stir the boil, the metal spoon. And, uh, my cousin Matt took a picture of us standing next to each other with the, the mash ton, the boil kettle, and, you know, a couple of stuff. And we said, as another lamps and brewing, we're tapping the keg in August of 2019. So that was a fun way to, uh, to announce that. And then the, uh, Gender reveal was actually even better. I went to a place in upstate New York in uh, the Albany, Saratoga area, actually in the town of Malta, called Unified Beer Works. Really great guys. Uh, You talk about breweries that kind of grow into themselves. These guys hit the ground running. They produced great beer right out of the starting gate. Uh, you know, they, they had done some great research. I think one of the owners had been a brewer at another place before. And so they started out real hot, uh, and it's still a great, great place. Great IPA heavy, uh, but a couple of good sours and a little diversity in there too. But, uh, I walked in and I put a little, uh, case of food coloring, little thing of red food coloring down on the bar. And I say, I got a weird request. And the bartender goes, I've heard them all, man. Like, you know, go ahead, see, see what you yeah. can do. And, uh, and I said, I want to do a gender reveal. I want to use your beer. I got a growler. So I need to know like which of your beers is going to react well to red food coloring, you know, cause a lager I was worried was going to come out too red. You know, I, kinda, I wanted something hazy that might come out kind of pink. And so he just, he goes before I even finished, he goes, ah, no, 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 you know, stop, stop, stop. And he just started pouring samples and he's like, drop them in, drop them in, drop them in, try it out. And I had everybody at the bar all of a sudden was into it. So I had like <laughs> six, seven people who were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, you know, test this, test this, test this. We wound up picking one out. We brought it to my parents' house the next night and uh, said we did a Facebook Live with people, uh, like in a, in a closed group with family, and uh, poured a beer. And it came out nice and bright pink. Great. That's awesome. Congratulations. It's so exciting. And I will say that when I first showed James your guys's announcement, he focused on the brewery equipment and was like, oh my God, look at this. Look at that. And I was like, no, read the caption. And he was like, what? He finally got that thing he wanted. And I was like, no, the baby. And he was like, oh, oh my God. Also the thing Jack wanted, right, Jack? Yes. Yes. Oh, most definitely. I'm sure you had quite a few uh, confused, untapped people uh, at the bar that day that were just trying to like see what beer is making that turn red, man. One of the other pieces of equipment that we had in there was the uh, was my baby, which is my spike conical fermenter with the temperature control, the whole nine, got all the bells and whistles, and uh, and I tagged Spike in the post actually, and they reached out to me and said, "Can we feature this on our 
social media pages? And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely, of course. So they uh, so they posted it on their page, too, and said, you know, congratulations to the Lampsons who have another baby brewing. It was fun. That's awesome. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing that. It's been fun to uh, immerse Steph in the culture a little bit along with it. And uh, everybody, you know, in the local homebrew club, I mean, has been super supportive, too. I think that's like a great thing about like the craft beer community, right, Jack? Like before it was just like a very male dominant just beer in general is just women can't drink beer women can't make beer and women don't know anything about beer and that's absolutely incorrect and it's just a stereotype that now craft beer owners and the community has really rallied behind like everyone is a craft beer lover and craft beer brewers and same with bartenders as well mlk weekend we went up to me uh my wife Matt Durgan and his wife, Dina, went up to uh, Stowe, Vermont. We stayed about a quarter mile away from the Alchemist. And so we walked down there, and Matt and I both got cases, of course, of Eddie Topper and, you know, all the other exclusive stuff that they offer up there. And the one thing my wife said to me, because she was pregnant at the time, was, you know, I want one of those. So I, (laughs) I only have one left and like i have to keep tucking it farther and farther and farther farther into the back of the fridge otherwise one of these nights i'm gonna drink it gotta wait till august is over yeah and that's gonna be a problem (laughs) you're almost there it's almost june you've got you you know in the home stretch we're getting there well that's great um james do you want to give us an update on our homebrew so um, currently, uh, the coconut porter, the coconut's been added in the fermenter. It's ready to go. We just got to find a not-so-nice day to bottle it and uh, make sure we have enough time to clean the fermenter. Um, so when it's a nice, beautiful day out in New England, you know, you want to spend it outside. You want to experience, you know, the craft beer scene. So uh, we just got to uh, put it in the bottles and use our new uh, toy jack. We got a uh, Blickman beer gun. Oh, uh, there you go. Their their newest version of it. Um, so I'm excited to try that. Um, I'm also excited to put my previous uh, homebrew um, that I'd made for my Roaring Twenties. It was a tribute to the end of my twenties, um, and that's turned out really well. And it's been in the keg since uh, a couple months now. Um, so I'm excited to kind of use that gun as well to get some of my IPA and some nice bombers so we can really get people to try your beer. Cause I'm sure, you know, when you have your home brews and you're really excited about it and you've tasted it yourself and it comes out really well, you want to share that with as many people as possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the, uh, the, and, uh, the Porter you mentioned, that's your end game Porter, right? Exactly. Excellent. And luckily now the movie has been out for a a while so uh for the marvel fans uh, i'm not gonna spoil anything i i'll leave the daytime uh talk show host to do that for us tony stark dies i oh uh, it is like my heart has been thrown on the floor if you haven't seen it yet you deserve that yeah that's true it's okay yeah. i don't think any marvel fans are signing petitions right now to rewrite the uh last marvel movies so i think we're i, I think we're in a good yeah. shape with that uh Iron Man is my favorite Avenger, so it was a it was a struggle. Easily mine too. 
even before yeah. the movies, which is why when they started with him, I was so pumped. So, uh, James, you mentioned cleaning the fermenter and everything. Did you guys, uh, you're on the SS system, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I got, I just got the uh, uni tank, the seven gallon, um, so I can carb in it. I can, uh, it's got the nice, like, piped in blow off um, valve to it. And it's got the racking arm as well as the yeast uh, dump arm, which I'm going to start to experiment by because, like, cultivating my own yeast is something that I've probably wanted to do since I started home brewing because that's very microbiology centered. Agree. Um, that's something I've never some- experimented with and always wanted to. It's just something that. You know, it's not very pleasant for somebody who walks in your house to see if you don't have somewhere in the right conditions to store it. Um, you'll just see, like, a flask spinning with, you know, like, some hazy crap in it. And uh, if you're not into, like, craft beer, I think uh, most people would get a little, you know. Turned off by it. <laughs> but so did you invest, uh, when, when you did it, uh, you mentioned cleaning it, did you do the... Uh... Uh, CIP ball. So I, I um, went, so um, in my day job, I uh, do biotech. So we CIP on a daily basis of our reactor tanks. Um, so I was kind of familiar with the kind of um, how that can really benefit um, a stainless steel equipment when you have that kind of equipment. Um, so I did invest in, and it wasn't, it wasn't as expensive as I thought. It was just a pump and some tubing pretty much to just create the closed line and just it's about reusing water too, so I kind of like that environmental aspect of it. Um, that I wasn't continuously, you know, spraying out with my hose, you know, outside, you know, the fermenter. I was able to continuously spray it, and it did a pretty good job. Um, I was pretty impressed by it. I probably um, do it once every. I, I'll, I'll CIP with like the you know like with a cleaning solution a sanitized cleaning solution and hot water and all that i'll probably do it once every two brews that one in between i'll give it a quick hose down only because i know it's going to be a quick turnaround yeah and and it's all on how fast you clean it as well if you're pretty good about it like 100 percent, that's the way to go um just to save you some time um without you know the risk versus reward um from that um but if you are just going to let your fermenter sit for like more than a day to two, three days after you've brewed in it, you're going to grow some stuff in there, especially if it's open to the elements and you don't take care of it. And that's just going to make your job a whole lot harder, as you can imagine, Jack. And that's the one benefit, I guess, of going back to the basic, your basic brewing kits, you know, your your plastic buckets and everything, you know. People make fun of them all the time, but you, it's really where you learn the basics, cleaning, brewing you know if you got a temp control closet where you know you keep your house at 68 degrees or 60 degrees you you kind of know know that so um but there's a lot of things now that you can do with debauchery and macgyvering right shannon that is true is this your segue into our main topic of discussion james i mean usually you're you're the greatest at segues but i don't know i can drive this isn't a you can i can drive a segue (laughs) i've never tried they're, e- they're pretty easy. They're so fun. Yeah. They're great. Um, so Do it. <laughs> you should. Um, so, our yeah, our main topic for discussion this week is about MacGyver It homebrewing. So, I'll give you guys a little bit of a background about MacGyver in general and just where that term came from. So, who the heck is MacGyver and how did it become a verb? So, the Oxford Dictionary defines the word MacGyver as make it or repair an object 
in an improvised or inventive way, making use of whatever items are at hand. So the original term originated from the show MacGyver, which ran from 1987 to 1992, and it starred Richard Dean Anderson as Angus MacGyver, uh, who escaped life-threatening situations by using improvised engineering skills to outwit his opponents. So one of the most famous examples of his engineering skills um, is that he shot out or shorted out a missile timer with a bent paperclip, causing the timer to stop. So you often hear people saying like, oh, I just got a paperclip, I can MacGyver it. Um, some other examples include uh, he plugged a sulfuric acid leak with chocolate, which sounds very inventive. Um, soaks a rope in kerosene and later uses the rope to rappel down a cliff and then burns the rope, sorry, the rope as the bad guys try to follow him. And he constructs a hang glider out of spare parts from a crashed satellite to escape armed pursuit. I know there's a lot of satellites laying around there, so everyone could do that. <laughs> the real world version of all this is he'd be trying to fiddle with all this stuff and he'd instantly be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Show over. Ten seconds in. Like you, uh, t- you touch the wrong thing, and it's like, oh, well, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, you're dead. Uh, so there's a wi- He's colorblind. He's dead. <laughs> there's actually a WikiLeak article. Or, sorry, a WikiLeak. Yeah. There's WikiLeaks about MacGyver. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. Uh, there's a Wiki article um, listing all the ways that MacGyver uh, has gotten out of situations. And most recently, there is a reboot on CBS starring Lucas Till, who was in the original, or sorry, the origin movies for X-Men. He was Havoc in those movies, if you guys are familiar with it. Uh, the first three seasons have also starred George Eads, who is my man from CSI, Nick, all you CSI fans out oh, there. God. Um, but sadly, he has left the show as of this last season. Very upset because I love him. <laughs> that show needs to end like all my favorite shows. No, CSI is God. over. Um, but yeah, uh, so but that's yeah, just so a little bit of background of what the term MacGyver means. So, so uh, our main uh, topic our main today topic is going to be about MacGyver and homebrewing and how people who homebrew kind of have to finagle things once in a while to make it work for what they're trying to do. Yeah, so Jack, on that note, there's a million things that can go wrong with a beer. And really, sometimes those mistakes can help you. And sometimes they can end your beer and end your reputation as a brewer. To your family in that case. So note to those homebrewers who are just getting started, make sure you like it before you give it to everybody you know the first time you go around. That's my piece of advice. I'd say my biggest piece of advice is, and somebody gave me this a while back, it's like I, I preface every time that I give somebody one of my beers by saying... My rule is if you don't like it, you have to tell me. Otherwise, I'm going to keep producing bad beer. So you got to critique it for me. And I'd say four out of ten people will actually do that. Most people just say it's great. And that's where, like, honesty is really key in any um, craft beer, any beer industry, and especially as a home brewer. Um, you I'm sure you had like just you were able to make something right that was incredible. Yeah, and I actually I had one that I brought. Uh, speaking of mistakes, that I I had one that I actually brought to competition. Uh, not really to competition. It was to a festival, uh, and it was one of those things where you can pour, you know, a whole bunch of beers out at a street festival, and so the homebrew club Saratoga Thoroughbrews had a whole bunch of tables set up, and. Uh, I had done a beer that uh, I didn't get an accurate temperature reading on. 
Like, you know, I, I had a temperature reading from one point that looked good. And then after I transferred it, I realized that I was like reading a cool spot that was about 15 degrees cooler than where I wanted it to be. And so I pitched it about 50. I pitched it at about 90 when I pitched the East. So I pitched it way wow. too hot. Yeah. And, and you could tell, and I prefaced it with some, it, I wanted to do kind of an experiment with it. I prefaced it with some people I talked to with others. I didn't. Uh, and I wanted to see, you know, what kind of a reaction I got. Fortunately, you know, it was, it was an IPA. So the hops kind of masked some of the problems that I, that it had with like bitterness and with, uh, you know, that you get with pitching yeast way too hot. But, uh, but I mean, it was not a good beer and I, so, so, I knew that going in. So how-, so how would you describe like that flavor to those listeners who's had the same or similar problem or trying to avoid the pitching the yeast at a high temperature? What did you taste in your beer that gave you that impression that you knew that after you checked? I mean, I would say that the taste was definitely just, uh, almost, um, the same kind of feeling that you get from over carbonation without any carbonation. It was like, it just like, it made you go. It had that bitter bite to it, right? That's not the, that doesn't, that doesn't come from carbonation that comes from, and, and doesn't come from like a good IPA, like a, a nice, like chewy or, you know, like bitter IPA that like makes you smack your lips. Uh, it was much more of like a, you know, like something wrong about that. Like almost if you took a bite out of like a lemon or something like very like that, would you say like an apple or something like that? Yeah. But I mean, like, like, like I said, it had, it had a big hop forward character. And so that masked it a little bit. So to some of the more novice people that I had tasting it, I think that they, they were like, this just is not a great IPA. Whereas some people who were more experienced were like, something went wrong Mm -hmm. and something did go wrong. Definitely. But at least you were able to narrow down what that issue was. So then next time, you know now that spot in your, you know, re- when you're taking that reading that you're not going to make the same mistake twice. Or if you do, you warn people. It was, I know, I know exactly what it was. It was, I was brewing in the middle of winter. You know, it was already like 6 p.m. It had been dark since 2.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> you know, or whatever the heck it gets dark around here. You know, and so it was one of those things that I was trying to wrap up more quickly, and I just didn't cool it as much as I should have. So as like, because you brew outside, obviously, with dealing with propane. Correct. Um, so that's one of the major negatives of brewing on a propane system versus electric. Yep. So electric, the time of day, you're like, oh, I can brew any time, you know, anytime I want. You bet. Propane, nice day, you're like, sweet. Awesome. Best feeling in the world, brewing on a propane system on a nice summer day when you got enough time to really get to it. The past couple of weeks have been great. And, and it's pretty energy efficient. The propane systems out there, especially for what are you, a uh, five and a half gallon, five gallon on a clip? Or are you 10 gallon? I'm going uh, most of the time 10, the occasional five when it's a new beer. So I'm actually brewing right now. Uh, mm. I just wrapped up brewing for my brother Jeff's uh wedding i'm doing all the beer for his rehearsal dinner awesome wow that's that's really risky jack wow i i did all the beer for my own uh reception at my wedding too (laughs) um so that was uh 
a daunting task for sure. And I think that speaks a testament to your family's support as well, right? To have your brother to believe in what you're doing enough to involve you in that kind of intimate way where you get to be a part of it in a very special and unique way, right? Yeah, and he actually, so he let me run with, he gave me a, a couple of guidelines and uh, said, you know, this is what we think we want. The uh, I brewed what I consider like my malty IPA, which I compare to like kind of a, a hopped up switchback. I brewed, uh, I did a five gallon batch of that. So I got one keg of that. I did a double batch of a New England IPA, which I think is kind of, uh, you know, like throwing, a, you know, a missile at a dartboard. It's like, <laughs> as long as you throw a whole bunch of hops in there and you call it a New England IPA, people are going to go, you know, wow, this is great. You know, yeah. doesn't have the hazy true, color. Yeah, yeah. And in order to be truly great, you know, and I don't think mine are truly great, in order to get to that point, I think you have to be, you know, really, really like a step above. And I'm certainly not there yet, but it's good enough for my brother's wedding. And then the big challenge was that he wanted uh, his wife to be wanted a blue moon style wit beer. So I did one of those with a whole bunch of sweet orange peel and a little bit of coriander. So we'll see how that goes. That's what's uh, cooking in the tank right now. Sounds delicious. Just don't, just don't overdo the coriander. I've made I, that mistake already. <laughs> I I tried to tweak a recipe that worked with adding more coriander, and it was night and day. I had a professional brewery actually at a place called Artisanal Brew Works in Saratoga Springs tell me that uh, he tasted mine and he said, "Woo." You put way too much coriander in there. And I said, yep, uh, pretty sure I did. And so the million things that can go wrong. So the, these are all pretty pretty awesome things that have happened. I want to share one of the horror stories I had on that uh, my 30th birthday brew that I did, the Roaring Twenties, where I had added so much hops to it. And this time, I usually use a hop bag when I put it in the fermenter just to prevent this issue but i didn't think it would be an issue at this point for some strange reason or i didn't take the time to do it forget which is the case anyway uh transferring it from the fermenter to the keg all went well everything was good um nothing in you know when i was watching it transfer to the keg looked off from my usual then i went to go ahead and tap it into my kegerator lo and behold why isn't this working? Why is nothing coming out? The CO2 is full. Everything's great. Wonderful. Nope. Uh, the dip tube was clogged with hops. And this was my first experience with a clogged dip tube. So I frantically Googled everything on the face of the earth of how to relieve that. And they're pretty much like, yep, you're screwed. Um, you're going to have to take that out and or blow CO2 through it. And hopefully that flushes it out. Tried that. Nope. Still stuck after I even cleaned it out. And I'm like, well, worst case, I had to MacGyver it. So you know what I did? I took my second keg and I'm like, you know what? Like the risk of exposing this to the air right now is not as much as ruining an entire batch of beer. So I took my hot bag, put it over the other keg, and literally we poured. Shannon actually helped me uh, on this, hold the bag so it wouldn't fall off. I had to, I was, yeah. I had to lift the lift And the we keg. literally <laughs> poured from one keg to another, which looking back is probably a big no no, but it actually worked out 
perfectly fine because we caught it soon enough and it turned out great. So that's a a huge thing for people to remember. I'll make an analogy to uh, to golf. Every time I play golf with my dad, you know, I, I I'll hit a ball into the woods or something like that, and I you know I'm sitting in the mud, and he goes he goes pull it out of there, and I'm like, well, you're supposed to hit it from where it is, and he says we're not playing on the damn PGA tour, you know, <laughs> and it's like you're not producing beer at a professional level it's like you know there's gonna be hiccups here and there you know you're supposed to you know like wow whoops wish i didn't transfer an entire pound of hop cake into my keg but i did and you know what you found a way to get it out and to get it into a keg and make it servable it sounds like and you know what just just the fact that your beer is servable like for what we're doing is you know, admirable. You made a beer that's good enough to drink and not only good enough to drink, because we were doing that in college. We'd also drink anything. But it's <laughs> but you know, it's it's good. So that's I, I think that's important to remember is, you know, to not kill yourself when it comes to this kind of stuff. You're gonna make mistakes and when you when you apply those MacGyver, you know, techniques, it's okay. And I think after that happened, I was watching in prepping for this episode, I watched a, a clip from one of the episodes, and he literally used like a beer keg to go through this vent to get the air pressure to go through, so he didn't have to like do this other, um, you know, tactic that he like the show had planned for him to do, and he just like used science to really explode the keg to get it to go where he needed it to go so he could escape this room that the bad guy was holding in him in that if he didn't escape you know he'd die so it's just one of those things on the homebrew scale you know we're lucky enough where we're dealing with at most 30 50 gallons of beer versus you know the real true brewers that are working on these you know seven barrel systems and plus um, where it's a whole lot more risky. You can't. With, you're dealing with pressure. You're dealing with um, just the amount of li- volume of liquid and everything. That they're not able to do that, but they do MacGyver things on a smaller scale than that. It's not. They can't pour one fermenter necessarily into another. That's not exactly doable. But from a propane system, I'll share one story of like brewing something that's super hoppy is that, you know, uh, I've realized that adding, like, you know, Whirlpool hops and things like that to, like, a New England IPA are much better off added in a bag, in a muslin bag or in, like, you know, some kind of nylon bag or something because in the uh, SS Brewtech kettle I have, it has a little small dip tube with a dam on it, but it's still not going to keep everything out of there. And so when I'm Whirlpooling through my pump... uh, I've had a couple of times where it's got straight up just the, the pump is just like, nope, I'm done. Like, I, I, I can't do this anymore. And so there have been a couple of times when I've uh, uh, there was one time where it just totally quit on me. And I was like, well, this this is, you know, done whirlpooling. I'm just going to have to keep cooling it as is. Uh, but there have been a couple of times where I was like, ah, this doesn't seem that bad. And what I've actually done is flipped it. Uh, so I'll take the. Uh, whirlpool return and the wort out and i'll flip the two things on the kettle and just see if i can't get it to clean out 
and clear out a little bit, and then I'll start it back up again. Most of the time, that's worked for me, and I've actually blown water uh, once or twice back through a mash on a uh, on a pumpkin beer, things like that. Something to you know, most of the time, I think rice hulls solve those kind of problems, but uh, sometimes you just get a real particular mash, and it's like, listen, if you get to blow a little bit of water in there, guess what? It's not going to ruin your beer. And, and that's like uh, my first beer. I when I first got my kegerator, I was so excited to have something. You know, you could just pull the tap, and there you go. Yeah. And I didn't realize that even though you buy, you know, a regulator, you buy the tubing, you buy everything and all the connections, and you know they're tight, and you you're like, all right, I got all the greatest stuff. It's gonna work, and then it doesn't. And that just takes yep. the knowledge of knowing. Okay, what do I do now? Okay, well, did I use Teflon tape? Biggest tip, number one, any screw connection you make with the threads, make sure you go and get some Teflon tape. Because if you don't do that, um, you're going to run into leaks or potential leaks. And even if you do the soap test, you do the san- you can use Star Sand, your sanitizer, to test it. Uh, you may not get that leak because it might be so small, but then you get your beer on there, you work so hard for it, and then, oh, wait, why is my beer not carbonated after it's you know rightfully carbonated oh wait your co2 tank's empty why is it empty the five you know your five pound tank should last you at least three kegs it's out before you've even poured your first tap oh you have a leak well you better hurry up and get on that because your beer is not gonna wait for you very much so but so some things that i thought was really funny for just looking at how people have MacGyvered beer in general. This isn't how to fix problems. This is just what they use beer for, which I would never suggest using any craft beer. Even the even our Natty Ice days and our... Um, what else do we put in those? Like, Well, I guess Jungle yeah, Juice. Yeah, I was going to say, that's beer, Jungle Juice, James. That's not beer. <laughs> from our fraternities. It was like the the, the cream the ales Halloween and like party? the Narragansett. Oh, no. I am actually in the land of Genesee right now. I'm in uh, Auburn, New York, and there is a gigantic sign right downtown, Genesee Beer Company. I don't remember what was in those kegs for, like, our light beer. Was it, like, Natty Natty Ice? Most of our parties, I think it was Keystone, Natty, or Bud. Yeah, that, yeah. I think Bud was when we were like, all right, we're going big this day. We're spend some money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bud Bud was when we were rolling in the money. And so uh, they use, you can use beer apparently, or stout specifically, as a wood stain. Um, Hmm. So I have heard of people um, at my work who have done this, and they had old stout um, in their fridge that was past the expiration or best by date. And as craft beer drinkers, they refuse to drink a beer past the... Ex, you know, it's not an expiration date. It's just a best fresh buy. So they they had some stuff around the house they had to do where they had to stain. I think he stained a desk for his son, and his son's 10. And I'm like, that's great. Stain stain your 10-year-old's desk with um, a nice stout, you know. Like, oh, this is the Guinness <laughs> finish. This, this is the, the Guinness finish. I'm sure there is a paint color called Guinness. I'm sure there is. Actually, I'm kind of curious as to how it turned out. Yeah, me too. I kind of like that idea. I mean, it looked really... I, I'll, have to, I'll see if I can get a picture from him, but it actually looked awesome. And but he, So what he did was he did the uh, stout, 
he let that um, stain onto the wood, and then he just did a polyurethane over it to kind of seal it in. Okay. Um, and I, I think that was the key. Yeah. That kind of puts a shine to it. Well, my question um, also was, does the alcohol content stay even though it's soaked into a wood? <laughs> like, is he gonna wake up as ten year olds like sucking on the edge of his desk? Like, this is delicious. <laughs> I, I can, yeah, I can see that being a news story. Parent stains ten year old's desk in stout kid comes to school his homework is ruined i'll be first on the scene yeah <laughs> oh man i'd love to be I that kid yeah sorry i didn't do my homework my dad uh poured stout on my desk <laughs> you can also use um hop soaps and bombs and also the leftover um grains and stuff apparently exfoliates the skin it also smells really bad if you don't do anything with yeah. it for about a week Mm-hmm. Or even two days, even. I've got some in a five-gallon bucket that's about a week old and really needs to go oh. away. Well, one time we we left the bag outside for about a week, and there was, um, I thought there was a dead body in the backyard. <laughs> there was also a lot of CSI. Uh, Where's CSI when you need yeah, it? Yeah, right? there was a lot of chipmunk and squirrel holes that had tried to burrow into the bag, so <laughs> that it just went in the trash. It was not worth it. Okay, so we're going to start wrapping up today's show, but first we wanted to bring in Jack's wife, Steph. So pardon the short intermission while Jack goes to get her. Special guest on the podcast. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi, Steph. So for our listeners, um, this is Steph. This is uh, Jack's wife. And Jack, you want to say a little bit more about your lovely wife, Steph? Oh she is uh, <laughs> she is a rock star. She is carrying child. She has not had beer in uh, seven six and, a half, six and a half months, and but has still gone with me to every brewery that I've wanted to go to, and that makes her even more of a rock star because That's... she is awesome, and all she does is make me save her a beer from every cool place we go to. Yes, that's that a compromise. That sounds like you does have your name is right right now in the craft beer hall of fame yeah. like Steph like they there's breweries lining up probably now like with this baby that will like literally give you a year supply of beer for the baby when it's of age of 21 hey so. hey uh, hey alchemist Great. if you're listening and you want to sponsor Jack and Steph's baby we'll accept yeah. or Lawson's or uh, Shipyard or uh, basically anybody basically any craft brewery would work for me <laughs> put the baby's face on the bottle and just says if you're not 21 get out and it'd just be like a cute picture of your I baby's like face. That. I like that. I like that. It's like the the Gerger, Gerber baby but for beer. Yes. The Gerber beer baby. Why the Gerber beer baby. That? That's a great idea. Trademark. Trademark. Shoddy. Okay, so in all seriousness, uh, Shannon had um so as a podcast we always come up with these fun little games to play with our suckers who decide to be our guests. So <laughs> In this point, since you're such a champion of craft beer, Steph, um, you're going to take this one for your husband because, you know, Jack, you owe your wife after, you know, a lot, <laughs> as Shannon would say. Go ahead, Shan. Oh, I'm going to save the game. Okay, so we just came up with a game on the spot while Jack went to get you. Um, so we wanted to know if you can name your baby after any beer, what would you name it? That's good. Wow. Craft. Let's think. That'd be a top seller. Craft. Yeah, right? <laughs> the 
the baby beer <laughs> of craft. Right, right? Think okay, about your see, favorite brewery. I know, but then I have to think she's born in August. Well, or September. So it's got to be some summer beer. Ooh, but then October beers start to come. Uh-huh. Like pumpkin beers start to come out. I'm not naming our daughter Pumpkin. That's what my dad calls me. <laughs> what so. about Pumpkin? Rat, what about Pumpkin? Pump queen. Queen. <laughs> uh, that's not bad. See? Pum queen. Oh, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. That's terrible when you say it. It sounds really bad when you say it. What about uh, what other pumpkin? What are my favorite pumpkin beers? Pumpkin is my favorite pumpkin beer. Post Road is another one that doesn't really lend itself to a kid's name. Or, or if you could name a craft beer after your baby, what would you call it? Ooh. Baby girl. I was gonna say Jack says baby girl. So I, I always refer to our daughter like even before. You know, we we haven't and we haven't even decided on a name. But I always just call girl. her baby girl. So I would probably call her baby girl, pro- whatever her name is. Ba- baby girl blonde. Even though oh, she's that's a good one. She's definitely she's, not going to be a blonde. She's going to have red hair. Yeah. So what, why don't we just yeah, name her sure. baby girl red? Baby girl red is good too. Like a red like, ale. Yeah. Ba- but I like baby girl blonde for the alliteration. You know. That's a good one. But even so, it'd almost be kind of funny because she. But, Hell, who knows? Maybe we will have a blonde kid, and then you and I will have to have a conversation. Maybe she'll come yeah, out right? with black hair. <laughs> she might come out with black hair. That's true, I too. I was born with jet black hair. We'll see what happens with that. I like baby girl blonde. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Something like that, maybe. Now you have to All brew right. that. Now you have to go brew that. Trademark oh, that yeah. one. There you go. Shotty, 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 shotty. <laughs> you, you got it. You got You've you got, got a couple months to do it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have it ready. That way... Right after Steph has the baby, you can say, here you go, honey. Here's some beer. Uh, yeah, I've already told him he has to bring beer to the hospital. <laughs> that's your push gift? Yes. Because apparently that's a thing now. That's all I want. Remember, remember <laughs> earlier in tonight's episode, we, I said that she wanted that heady topper? I, that, that's what I want yeah. in the hospital. That leftover heady topper is her push gift. Yeah. <laughs> I want that in the hospital as soon as she's out of me. I was going to say, that's a thing now, right? The push we'll gift. See if the yeah. hospital, apparently. We'll see if the hospital yeah. approves. They don't have to know. Exactly. The, the FDA would have to get involved, I'm sure, and, you know, the nurses' union. They're in the room sometimes, but they're not going to, like, sit in the room all with the, the baby time. the whole time. Exactly. So, like, all you have to do is pretend like you're going downstairs to get me a soda at, like, the snack thing downstairs, and instead you just pour the heady topper in there, and then we're great. As long as you can yeah. pump and the baby's good, we're good. Um, They say now that if you can drive a car after a beer, then you can pump after a beer. Perfect. So yeah. it's like the same level. I'm so you can it. so you can have one quarter of a heady topper. Yeah, I'm gonna get drunk really easily, <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> especially on heady topper. <laughs> the honk for beer sign is gonna change real quick outside your front lawn. Yeah. You know? it's exactly. kind of upsetting. <laughs> well, we'll have to have you guys up for a little bit then. Yeah, yeah definitely. We'll definitely sure. have to have some. Uh, Do a double nice brew day. And... One outdoor, right. one oh, yeah. indoor. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Jack, for being on our show. And Steph, special appearance for Steph. Thank you so much for being on our show. Jack, is there is there anything you uh, want to plug? Anything upcoming for you or anything that you're going to be at? Uh, I got Lamson Brewing on Facebook. Uh, we're, you know, talking about taking a pro in the next couple of years. We'll see how it goes. Uh, a couple of competitions coming up. We'll be out at Bennington. Uh, the Bennington Summer Homebrew Festival, which is first weekend in August. the first weekend in August. Uh, I'll have a couple of beers out there, I think. 
James, definitely something you should look into if you want to come brew up at the Bennington Summer Homebrew Festival. So basically think any homebrew festival or think any brew festival you've ever been to, except every single person brewing does it at home. So it's a great, great setup. Cool time. Uh, I'll be out there at that. Uh, and if you uh, ever find yourself in the Clifton Park area, hit us up. Let come us know. Come to the garage. Yeah. Come, come to the garage. Like I said, the, uh, the old kegerator's co- still kicking. The college kegerator is <laughs> still weird. kicking. So come see weird. us. We were talking about that. It's still kicking. I don't know how we ended up with it, but it's made its move. God, it lived in Massachusetts for a while, then... Did it come to South Carolina? It never made it to South Carolina, but it so did it make it out to New York. To New York in two yep. different houses. Man, yeah. I think that's a great baby name beer. It's I'm still kicking. Oh, oh, oh there it is! One. There it is! Boom! James, she is currently kicking me right now, so <laughs> this works. She likes it. She likes she's it. making her podcast debut. She, we talk about she's beer. doing her. <laughs> she's she's typing in the untapped beer. right now her review. So, uh, well, thank you, Jack, so much for being on our show tonight, and thanks, special thanks to Steph. And together we are Double, Double Hoppy. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to DM us on Instagram and Facebook, and like us on Google Play and iTunes. Thank you so much. Catch you on the brew side. Thank you.